yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's Monday here at Wrestling Inc. and all around the world, and that means it's time for the Monday Night Raw After Show. But before we start, this summer, make all your meals easy breezy with HelloFresh. You get fresh pre-portioned ingredients and recipes delivered to your door every week. Get 16 free meals plus three free gifts with code INC16 at HelloFresh.com slash INC16. It's a great deal. We all love it. Uh, we got a lot to get into, but I always like to ask guys first, how you doing today? How was your weekend? Any any fun news before we dive into it? Let Roger, well, since I piped up, I might as well say, no, it's been a, a pretty good weekend for us here uh, up in Canada. The, the, it's just the weather is very uh, up and down. One day it's feeling like summer. The next day it's feeling like uh, we're just breaking into spring. It's, uh, it's, it's very unpredictable, but at the same time, I'll take it over shoveling snow any day. I assume it's snowing every day in Canada year round. <laughs> That's well, what I picture it. <laughs> depends depends on how far north you want to go. <laughs> but Toronto, Toronto, we get four very distinct seasons. Yeah. Raj, any uh, any fun notes before we dive in? Uh no, I mean, you know, uh, it was qu- quite the crazy pay-per-view last night with Hell in the Cell. Um Cody just it's just ridiculous, but, uh, but that performance is going to be remembered for a long time. I don't think he should have wrestled, but he did. There are NHL players and all this, you know, that have you know played with similar injuries. So it's not, uh, it's not completely out of the, out of the norm, but uh, it just visually looks so insane and seeing someone, it's one thing when someone's wrestling with a concussion, you don't really know. Um, but when you visually just see this guy's chest look like hamburger meat, uh, it was just crazy. And I think people are going to remember that match for a long time. Um, and I saw Top Gun, so it was a good weekend. Was Top Gun <laughs> as good as everyone says it is? Because so I didn't like the original it. Top Gun. I, and then yeah. I rewatched it a few weeks ago, and I still didn't like it. And I was like, acting's bad. It's cheesy. And then I love this new one. I thought it was it, great. Huh? Is there a volleyball scene? It's something similar. (laughs) (laughs) They uh, upgraded it. Uh, I'm here for the volleyball. It's like, uh, it's like Nerf football in the, at the beach. You know what? I am now looking forward to this. Uh, uh, I'm going to have to go out and check it out. Definitely. Yeah. It's really good. Tom Cruise is it's he's 60 and he just looks just fantastic. It's insane. It's, it's not fair. Amazing. Him and Bobby Lashley must be on the same regiment and Billy Gunn. And Billy yeah. Gunn too. Yeah, uh, six foot nine or whatever he is, Billy Gunn, who's <laughs> massive. But uh, but Raj, you started off talking about Cody Rhodes and that performance last night. I think one that you're right. I agree. I think we'll be talking about it forever. But of course, uh, Cody Rhodes, he's hurt. Uh, the news story goes, uh, Cody Rhodes could be facing a lengthy layoff from the ring following his impressive Hell in a Cell performance due to his recent injury. Fightful Select reports that the American Nightmare is set to undergo surgery this Thursday. Several notable WWE stars have suffered the same injury and missed anywhere from three months to five months. Uh, rumors are that Rhodes' injury status after he was removed from an event uh, event in June 4th, um, uh, hours ahead of Helena Cell, WWE confirmed he had su- suffered a torn pectoral from training last week. Uh, lots of injuries going around, and we'll touch on that in a little bit, Jimmy. But uh, for now, uh, just a tough time to lose Cody Rhodes. No, absolutely, especially when he's on the roll he is on right now. He is really white hot. Possibly you can make an argument that he's the top babyface on raw right now. And, you know, the momentum was definitely going his way and it's just bad timing for this. Is there ever any good timing for an injury? But when you talk about, you know, compounded on top of, uh, you you know, the role he was on just an unfortunate situation for Cody. And I will see, I'm of mixed emotion as far as last night. Yes. I applaud him for gutting it through that performance last night, but at the same time, uh, you know, I get the desire to want to perform. The only thing I could think of is he couldn't have made it worse because it was a complete tear. It was torn from the bone. I guess if it was partially torn, you can do more damage to it that way. But with it completely torn, I guess uh, I'm not a doctor, so don't quote me on this, but I'm assuming that he couldn't do any more damage to it. It's just it was just a matter of gutting through the pain. But uh, again, hats off to him, but also at the same time, what the hell were you thinking? 
Yeah, Ross, yeah, that, I, to that point, I want to add, uh, you couldn't do any more damage to it. It sounds like, oh, well, that's fine. But to me, I hear, no, it was so bad, you literally <laughs> could not do any more damage <laughs> to it. Yeah, here he is in Hell in a Cell of all matches. Yeah, I think, yeah. You, yeah. I mean, you can always do more damage. Maybe not, uh, not there, but you could suffer another injury while you know trying to protect that. And not only that... When you've basically got one good arm and, and one bad arm, and when you're trying a lot of these moves, it just increases that risk factor of injuring your opponent. And so, you know, if that arm gives or, or, or whatnot, it just, it, and in that kind of an environment, it's just, it's not an ideal situation. And I have a funny feeling that if this same injury happened to someone that was on the undercard early in the show, they would not have been allowed to wrestle. But since this was in the main event, they're not going to put Roman Reigns in. Um, you know, f- without any kind of build. So, uh, yeah, Cody, Cody gutted it out. I, I'm not in favor of it, but uh, it, it happened and it ended up working out in a lot of ways because Cody, I think, cemented himself as the top baby face in the company. Um, he just came across as an even bigger star after that performance. And that match is one of the most memorable matches in years. So mm-hmm. It ended up working out, even though I wouldn't. It's not something you really should do on the regular. I, I hate it because I agree with you in the sense that I'm, I'm like, he shouldn't have gone out there because if you're hurt, you really shouldn't feel like you have to work, and now you shouldn't be putting pressure on everyone else when they get hurt to do the same thing. But at the same time, like, but that match was something special, though, wasn't it? Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. yeah. It it's was. like it, it, it so works great. out for everyone in a weird way. Except, I mean, except you know, because uh, yeah. Cody, it doesn't seem like. He, uh, nothing got worse. And so um, mm-hmm. it came out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, don't do that. But that was pretty cool. <laughs> but it worked out best for everyone. <laughs> don't do, do, don't follow my lead. But at the same time, I had to do it. Right. Uh, you know, and I get it too. He was the main event match. It was, uh, you know, he, he was on all the posters, I guess, and all the advertising and, and I get his desire to want to do it. And knowing Cody, he was going to gut it out. And uh, he probably would have, uh, I don't want to say physically fought uh, Mr. McMahon, but he would have gone to the wall with him over, you know, competing, especially in a situation where in, like we said, possibly couldn't do any more damage to it. But but then Raj put up a point, compensating for that injury, you could injure something else. And, and it says, it speaks a lot to the, Faith he had in Seth Rollins, too, to get in the ring with Seth Rollins, who I think protected him very well during that match. Right. There's something about being able to yeah, visually see the bruising, too, that just made – I was cringing that whole match. Like, every little mm. thing, I was like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> End it now. But that made every near fall and everything happen more believable. Because so I was like, well, this isn't going to go very long. They have to end it fast, right? And then 20 <laughs> minutes later, they're right. hitting each other with a sledgehammer. <laughs> and yeah. – didn't did you guys assume that Seth was going to win at that point because yeah. Cody's going to be gone for months and months? I I thought so. I I thought that was it made sense and there was an out for them with that torn pack. I thought right. that was the out. But at the same time, like you said, him gutting through it it did make it did make him a bigger star. And we'll get into what happened on Raw at the opening segment later. But uh, um, it, it ties into what I wanted to say now, so I'll, I'll save it for then. Yeah. yeah, and 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 kind of to that point, I just feel like him winning just made him feel like an A plus headliner. Oh. You know, if he if he lost, he, he has every excuse in the world. But by winning, it's just that much more. So even though he's going to be gone, I completely agreed with him winning. This was the first time since Cena left. I was like, we got another John Cena on our hands mm-hmm. right now. This was I just blown away by that, but. We gotta we gotta move on. We gotta talk a little bit more about some other injuries that have been going around pro wrestling. Uh, a lot of them have been happening as uh, PW Insider has provided an update on three wrestlers: AW Champion CM Punk, uh, Adam Cole, and Brian Danielson. Uh, news is promising for Cole and Danielson with Punk's being the worst. Uh, Cole is being kept out of competition to rest up various uh, injuries with the hope that he'll be healthy enough to compete on June 26th. And according to a report, Danielson's unnamed injuries were accumulated or aggravated in the anarchy in the arena match at double or nothing. While rumored to be a concussion, no specific injury has been confirmed. Danielson is also expected to be healthy by forbidden door. Uh, 
Raj, why does it feel like even though AEW has all these injuries, they still have a ton of people, but with WWE, who also has a ton of people, they lose Cody Rhodes, and it feels like now what are they going to do? Yeah. Well, I think AEW, they have a lot of guys that they've kind of built at that top level. Um, and right now, a lot of them are out. Uh, Omega, mm-hmm. CM Punk, Danielson for, for at least a short while, Adam Cole for at least a short while. But by putting so many people at the top, John Moxley, um, it, it just makes it easy to to shift your plans. Now, on the the one negative with AEW is they haven't really had that larger than life superstar yet. Um, who knows if Wardlow will get there? He kind of looks like it. He looks like he's kind of on his way. But um, so they have a bunch of top guys, no super top guy. Uh, Punk probably being the closest. With WWE, they have a super top guy and not that many really really light on the top guys. And the guys that were top guys, I've kind of been relegated down a bit to where just don't, you can throw them back up in that mix, like an AJ styles or, um, you know, Seth Rollins, but you've been seeing them for months and months of not really being at that level. So it just doesn't feel big if you do that. And so they really need to build some, some top stars again and really, you know, protect, more than more than one one or two people because Roman's very limited uh, on a very limited schedule. Randy Orton, I'm guessing he'll be back soon. Edge, it looks like they wrote him off for a little bit. I'm sure he'll be back by SummerSlam as a babyface. So you know, on the babyface side, it's kind of like Lashley and Drew and Orton, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I I think Lashley and Roman could be big. Drew versus Roman, we've already seen a couple times, uh, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, so I think they just need to really focus on, you know, at least a few talents on Raw, a few talents on SmackDown, bring some lower-level guys up to the mid-card, some mid-card guys up to the, you know, the main card, and stick with it. Well, speaking of someone who uh trying to get to the top of the company and, and wondering where they're going, uh, MJF, like, talk about some, some news coming this week. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery reportedly issued an edict regarding MJF. On Monday morning, PW Insider revealed that a source within Warner Brothers Discovery had told them that an edict had been issued to remove MJF from all promotional work regarding AEW programming going forward. While he may still appear in some advertising as footage of him, is removed. All MJF footage is reportedly being replaced with other AEW footage. As of now, this comes on the heels of MJF being removed from the intros to both Dynamite and Rampage going forward. Depending on your viewpoint, the new information could point to the MJF situation being more realistic than many believed. Following his promo last Wednesday, another sign that the situation is a storyline with Warner Brother Discovery now involved or something in between. All signs point to the AEW Warner Brother Discovery relationship being strong at the moment after the media company threw a party for the promotion following AW Dynamite on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Raj, you're the newsbreaker. What's going on? Well, I think it, it you know what, what what I love about this whole thing with this whole story is is there are the lines that are uh, blurred with it, which which is great. To me, obviously Tony Khan's not going to give MJF a mic uh, without kind of planning out what they're going to do or, or, you know, uh, wh- what the story is, especially with Warner execs in the crowd. You're not going to give a hot mic to someone that uh, has is, can seemingly bury the promotion and, and, you know, just go off. So clearly that's a work. Um, how, how far back did it go? I, I remember saying on Sunday, the Sunday of the pay-per-view, I was like, look, if MJF shows up tonight, it's a work or, you know, they, they fixed everything uh, and they're going forward. So MJF didn't say anything too out of school. I, I thought on, in that promo that would make him banned by Warner. So I, I just think Warner is kind of help, <laughs> help, helping play along. And if that's the case, that's great for AEW that they'd have a big uh, media conglomerate playing along with an angle. If Warner is being worked in that. That's obviously a very dumb move. And I can't see Tony Khan doing something like that. Uh, We saw what happened with Spike TV and Dixie Carter when that happened there. So I I can't think that Tony would be, would allow that to happen. So I think they're, you know, just to make this more realistic, uh, 
they're going in with it. But the, again, that's just my observation, my opinion, and just looking at what's really been happening. And that's what it appears like to me. Now, this, to, to your point, what I love about this is it does, you can't tell. And when you can't tell, it's the best. Uh, Jimmy, yeah. uh, a point made by Raj, they wouldn't have given him a microphone if, if they didn't have something planned out. But it, I look back and I think, didn't they give Cody Rhodes a microphone right before he left? That's true, too. But at the same time, here's a company that's trying to draw attention to itself. It's trying to grow its audience. And, you know, with the Warner executives in the crowd that night, the only thing I could think of is maybe they took it a step too far. Maybe maybe some of the language in the promo was not to their liking and they spoke up about it. And maybe they came to an agreement that, hey, we're going to make it and make it seem like it's coming from us, make it an edict from us. So that it kind of uh, it kind of keeps uh, the heat uh, or the off of Tony Khan for you know um, in front of the audience as well. Anyways, but it's I, in my opinion, it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. Uh, do you call it a work shoot, so to speak? Whatever you, whatever you want to term it. The best part about it, like Raj said, is that it's keeping everybody guessing. Everybody's like, you know, there's some. It's based on reality. And it, it feels genuine. So, you know, I, I, I personally think, like, like, uh, like you suggested, Jack, that giving someone a microphone, a live mic, is not the best way to go into something if there is uh, absolute uh, dissension. I think that there was a plan going into it. And maybe MJF kind of, you know, exceeded expectations, for lack of a better term, especially when it came to the language. But uh, I, I think they are doing a wonderful job of working everybody. I was in the arena for that promo, and we ate it up. By the way, <laughs> that was a, that was a fun show, and it was. It, 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 I don't, you know, I felt like that was one of the greatest shows. I, I was like, this is the such a great dynamite. I don't know if it's just because I was so wrapped up from that one promo, and just like everything else was gravy. But it was a, mm -hmm. uh, it was pretty cool to see that see that go down live. It was, um, uh, you know, I, I just think. Back in the day when Brian Pillman did this in, in the 90s, you did not have the such a huge percentage of fans on the Internet back then to where there's, but, you know, some people were on, but not enough to where a sizable chunk of the audience watching uh, is following along on the Internet. And, you know, so many people that watched WCW probably had no idea that Pillman showed up in ECW, you know, that because mm -hmm. it was such a, a big difference in audiences with that, whereas now such a big percentage especially with AEW of their fans follow online. And, you know, yeah. we saw it with the CM Punk debut and how big that was. And that was all online. They, they hardly did any teases or anything on TV. So getting to do the Pillman angle today with the internet and everything, it's, it, it, it's, it's cool. I, I don't like overdoing it. And I hope they have a good plan of where they're going because CM Punk, the pipe bomb, that whole thing, him walking off with the title, that was amazing. And that, that was some of the best, WWE storytelling in a long time. And then it just got completely dropped once he came back. He loses to Alberto Del Rio that night. He's jobbing to Triple H the next month. Uh, you know, such a great potential storyline. Just kind of just kind of uh was was pissed away for lack of a better term. So hopefully they have a, a direction, they know where they're going with this. Uh, we will see uh, something that kind of surprised me that I saw pop up in the news here is uh, a new report from Business Insider claims that Stephanie McMahon's leave of absence was orchestrated partially by her father, WWE CEO and chairman Vince McMahon, as part of a behind the scenes shakeup at WWE um, family or not family. We've got to get the right people in place, the source said. Um, and uh, WWE expected to make at least $100 million in ad sales and brand partnerships annually, hoping to match what the UFC brings in in that department. Uh, the source said, we weren't seeing that growth. When someone is moved out of a company, it's usually the result of something not working. We took stronger control of that a few months ago. Uh, this is uh, very fascinating news. If you're a fan of the business side of pro wrestling, it seems that everyone is these days. Uh, Jimmy, this took me by surprise. I had no, I had never would have expected something like this. Uh, neither would I, because uh, anybody who knows Stephanie knows that uh, as far as the business side of things go, she is a chip off the old block. She's not quite Mr. McMahon, but uh, you know, um, 
she she's a very intelligent young lady and uh, she knows the business and she learned from both her mother and father on how to handle things. And she's not handling the wrestling side of the business. She's handling the business side of the business, which is her forte. Uh, so uh, is the story that Vince helped move her out true? I don't know. Uh, maybe, you know, obviously we know the story with Triple H having the, the cardiac issue uh, a little while back and, She's also got three young daughters, uh, one preteen and two young teens. And maybe uh, she she's thinking that when you're McMahon and you're in the wrestling industry, it eats up 20, almost 24 hours a day of your time. Um, you, you may get a chance to nap here and there, but uh, even that's frowned upon when, <laughs> when you're uh, a sibling of, um, of, of Vince McMahon. But at the same time, you know, maybe she does need that break. And uh, whether it is permanent or not, we will see. I don't know how, you know, genuine the, it is that Vince kind of had her uh, moved out of her position. Um, but there will always be a place for her there at WWE regardless. Raj, the, uh, the succession uh, viewer, I'm sure, is watching this saying to themselves, Nick Khan is orchestrating a takeover. And this is a, just another step in his master plan here. Uh, any any fun succession uh, comparisons to make here? Well, I mean, clearly Nick Khan has a lot of influence. I mean, he's a super smart guy. He's bringing in these gigantic TV deals. And uh, you listen to him on these conference calls, and he knows what he's talking about. He's going to be making the company gobs and gobs of money. Uh, you know, the fact that after all these years, Vince never did anything regarding stephanie or triple h's positions and all of a sudden in the last year that that's changed um you know i i think there's smoke to the fire there um but i also think that to, to jimmy's point that stephanie is always going to be a part of the company i think triple h will as well i think shane probably could if uh you know regardless of what happened with the royal rumble and and, and that story i i do think that if he decides to come back and wants to, you know, Vince will let him come back. But I don't see any of them in charge of the company whenever Vince decides to step down, if he ever decides to step down. So that does put, you know, that does make you wonder who does take over. I mean, you can see Nick Khan taking over as the president. I mean, he already is president, but, you know, the, the main guy, but creatively, who who takes over? Who's kind of in that, that top creative spot? Um, they've... The, the Triple H stuff, it just seemed like that was a loss of, of faith um, because, it, you know, NXT did not do as well on, on cable and, and, and got beat by AEW almost every week. So mm. I, I think, you know, they, they, lost, they lost some faith in, in, in Triple H. Well, they definitely have been taking a fresh approach over with uh, NXT. And speaking of fresh, with HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. With foolproof step-by-step -step recipes, you get joyful cooking experience and a stress-free summer. Plus, HelloFresh cuts back on time spent in the kitchen with meals ready in around 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than dining at a restaurant and is even cheaper than grocery shopping. That's money back in your pocket. That source is according to Zagat Dining Survey. The, the, the print got really small right there for some reason. Uh, I'm a huge fan. Everyone who watches this show knows we love our HelloFresh here, and I have it. Uh, I get it consistently. I eat it all the time, and especially on busy days like today. Uh, Jimmy, have you tried HelloFresh? Um, I'm going to now, uh, if they come to Canada, <laughs> if, there's, if there's a Canadian division, I definitely will try it. Well, you definitely have to, cause they have a ton of good stuff and no matter they, what your diet looks like, yeah. they've got something for you, whether it's like you need vegetarian stuff or you need, uh, all the other stuff that like, um, you know, you look for with these crazy diets people have, uh, they've got it all. Well, yeah. if, they, if they're up here, you know, I'll definitely try the HelloFresh poutine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was for people watching that are watching and not listening. You can take a look here on my screen. That's my uh pork loin that I made a few weeks ago from HelloFresh. Pork loin with mashed potatoes. 
It was so delicious. It was so good. Uh, every time I've gotten HelloFresh, it's been a different, uh, d- different recipes, different, uh, different menu items, and it, they've all been delicious. I, I do try to request as often as we can the Swedish meatballs because my, my daughters are an, absolutely in love with those. But everything yeah. we've gotten has been fantastic, and, and I love help using HelloFresh, and it makes cooking so easy. It makes you feel like a good cook because it, 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 everything is laid out for you uh, so simply. It's it's just such a great service to use. Yeah, and if you guys are sick of just hearing us chat about it, try it yourself. Go to HelloFresh.com slash INC16 and use code INC16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's go to HelloFresh.com slash INC16 and use code INC16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. America's number one meal kit, HelloFresh. Now, guys, we got a bunch of super chats we got to get to that I've been storing up until we got through all the uh, – all the news items here. Let's start, by the way. Uh, Tornado Anthony Y says, one week away, Tornado 613, fear the roar. Uh, tornado emojis. So uh, do you got, are you doing a show, Tornado? Do you got like a, a show you're promoting? Uh, if, you're, if you're wrestling, let us know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we've got... Uh, um, as they, oh, Andrew, uh, Andrew Young's in the chat, uh, pitches Big E or Cody to win the Rumble if both are back in time. I think Cody feels Ooh. like a must, must do. I, I can already imagine his music hitting as they quote unquote surprise and us all losing our minds. I have no idea the return timetable for Big E though. Uh, Jimmy, mm-hmm. would you buy either of them as a Royal Rumble winner? I could buy either of them, but if I had to pick between the two, I agree with you. I think Cody is the choice because right now he is the hottest and Biggie does have the potential to be that guy, but before the injury, he wasn't as hot as Cody is right now. And uh, yeah, just picking between the two, uh, Raj, which one would you go with, Biggie or Cody? I'd go with Cody right now. Absolutely. I, you know, I'd go with Cody over pretty much anyone. If Brock was coming back, I'd go with Cody because I, I think Cody's fresh, it's new, um, and he's just on a roll. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't know if he'll be out quite that long. I mean, we'll see, but I could see him being back before that. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't think he was going to be able to wrestle yet, last week. I was, I was as close to thinking he's going to be a Money in the Bank, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, I could uh, see him being back by the fall. So yeah. Um, and then uh, Peter in the chat, friend of the show. Uh, what is the point of the MJF angle? All it did was ruin the huge momentum Wardlow had. I think Wardlow still has his momentum, but Raj. Uh, explain the point of the MJF angle. So I do think I do kind of agree with Peter with the word low thing, because in the sense that he was supposed to become Batista right after, after that night. And then on Wednesday, he was kind of, all the talk was on MJF. And uh, after Wednesday, that Wednesday night, all the talk was MJF and Wardlow was almost kind of like maybe a little elevated, but kind of back to where he was. I think they need to, put him into something big. I don't know if it's the world title program, uh, but something uh, because you don't want to lose that momentum. So I, I, I get what he's saying, but the MJF angle, I think it's, it is what it, what we're seeing right now. It's kind of like the hottest angle uh, online, at least mm-hmm. uh, in wrestling right now. It's get, it's got people talking, it's got people guessing and people are having fun with it. And I think that's the whole point of wrestling is, is, out to be fun and, and it's it's an entertaining storyline that's yeah, not the first time a wrestler's gone against the boss in, in a storyline so uh, uh and and i know one of those that panned out pretty well right jimmy yeah there there seemed to be one or two down the uh, in the past but the the, the mjf thing is uh, overtaken and, and and to raj's point because of the internet nowadays and we do get that peak there is more of a more than a peak now behind the curtain or behind that fourth wall, uh, you know that the, the forbidden door. No, mm-hmm. that's something else. No, but <laughs> but but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. People are more in the know with the goings on behind the scenes now because it's out there, and mm-hmm. this is just playing on that. And again, feels more real than than just a wrestling storyline angle. Yeah, and I think that's why people are buying into it so much. Yeah. And again, I go back to punk. I think so many people when they were watching that thing unfold, were just coming up with their storyline, their own storylines on how punk should mm-hmm. come back and what they should do. And, mm-hmm. and, and it just gets your, you know, it gets your imagination going. Yep. 
Uh, the Tornado Anthony Y clarifies, no, Jack, Raw will feel the roar. Tornado Nation. Ooh. Oh, you're going to be at Raw? You got to have a sign up, like a wrestling mm-hmm. ink sign. Yeah, or or a tornado sign for yourself. I mean, <laughs> yeah. wrestling ink would be better. Or a yeah. HelloFresh sign. <laughs> yeah. With our there code, yes. With our code. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then uh, Maya Lee in the chat says, Raw was a fun watch today. I kind of wish they saved Bianca and Rhea for SummerSlam, though, and I can't wait for Cena versus Theory. I mm. thought this was a really fun episode of Raw. I was mm. blown away by how good I thought it was. Uh, before we get into the nitty-gritty, J- uh, Jimmy, did you like this episode? No, I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. There was a lot of different things to to bite into. Obviously, we're going to get into um it more when we talk about the show but it started off with a great uh, piece of business uh we got some good in-ring action we got great promos we got people who were elevated and uh uh there were a little few things that i could nitpick about as well but at the same time overall i thought it was a very entertaining raw raj i i this was one of their better ones they've done in a long time i thought especially considering the lack of like no roman or brock or anything like that yeah, it felt like every hour had something, and um, and it's you know kicking it off with a huge bang with with Cody and, and the Seth stuff, and then you know the Edge, uh, the Edge thing that I didn't see coming <laughs> at all. It seemed, it seemed way too soon, but uh, we'll get into that later. And uh, yeah, I thought it was just a, a re- one of the best episodes they've done in a while. Yeah, I loved it. Let's get into it. Uh, but before we do, as always, I want to say thank you to everyone who likes, comments, shares, subscribe, five-star review. A little comment with that five-star review. I always like to wake up Tuesday morning and see if we got any reviews. I appreciate you whenever I get those. Uh, but also, everyone who's watched along with us live, thank you to uh, Stalking You, Stephen Camp, Baby Ice, uh, Michael, uh, the, oh, it scrolled up, Luciano, Tornado, Sergio, Mike D, Joseph Boza, Ethan Cruz, the Coog, uh, Peter, and Dylan Matthews, the, the Gift King. Is it Jif King? Gif? Jif? Uh, anyways, Crazy Fanner, all you guys, thank you so much for being with us live here today as we chat about it all. We're going to start this with how the show started because we go in chronological order. Cody Rhodes comes out and says he doesn't believe in praise because it's a privilege to do what he does. He praises Rollins and uh, then Rollins comes out. They shake hands. He says he respects him. It's a great feel-good moment until Seth Rollins takes him out with a hammer. And after the break, Cody leaves the arena on his own power. Raj... I loved every single thing about this. I would not change a single <laughs> microscopic thing. This was such a cool thing. What did you think about this? Well, you know, at first when it did kind of seem like it was over, and I, I fell for it. I'll admit it. I, usually I can see through it, but <laughs> I did fall for it. Uh, fall for it when Seth went to the back and Cody was walking. It's like, oh, that was a nice moment. Kind of makes Seth a baby face. They, they could use some baby faces right now. Mm-hmm. Um the whole cackling, laughing Seth character has not been working for me. So uh, I, I've liked previous in, incarnations of his of his heel, heel character. I'm not the biggest fan for this one. But I thought it was a cool moment. If the whole thing felt real. Uh, Seth saying, you know, uh, your father would be proud of you. And Cody's face, he didn't overdo it. But you just saw it meant a lot. I thought it was fantastic. And uh you know, I, I tweeted as soon as it was over. I was like, man, then there was not a second of that that felt phony or convoluted. It felt real. And then, you know, going to the back, Seth mm-hmm. attacks Cody. But still, it was it was great. And, you know, if they're keeping Seth a heel, it, it made him more of a heel. He, he kind of got his heat back a little bit. And uh, he kind of made the injury worse because Cody was talking about, like, coming back for money in the bank, which is in a few weeks. And, you know, it, it was like... Uh, Seth is making sure that, that that's not happening. <laughs> yeah, I was, like I said, I was thinking if he, if he wrestled last night, I don't know, maybe he will do money in the bank. <laughs> but I fell for this completely. I totally bought into it because like Raj said, everything felt so so well done and so paced and so done. Jimmy, this, I, I, like I said, I fell for a hook, line, and sinker. I thought this worked in a million ways. I loved it, this opening segment. I think it worked too. And I don't want to sound like the guy who's like, yeah, I knew it was going to happen, but I kind of half suspected that this would be a perfect opportunity for Seth to get, as they say, your heat, his heat back. Because after last night, I thought he lost a lot of steam. 
I was I was almost expecting after uh, Cody beating him at the pay-per-view that that's where um, Seth would get his heat back by attacking him with a sledgehammer and taking him out. And that would be them writing story. Uh, Cody off to go get his surgery and that. And then uh, I'm glad to say that I was mistaken. And the way that it occurred tonight was an absolute brilliant way to do it. Make it look like, uh, you know, hey, all respect to you. And maybe, you know what, in all honesty, there was respect on both sides. But at the same time, this is a story that they need to continue further down the line sometime when Cody is ready to return. And I think they did it the right way. And doing it tonight instead of last night was the right move also because more eyes are on the product on a Monday night than they are at a premium live event. Let's put it that way. So they did a good piece of business after all it is the wrestling business i, I do oh, oh, go ahead i, I was gonna say I, I do think i do think that um seth is a, a made guy he's a big enough star these these losses don't hurt him too much but he, he got squashed by brock in the elimination chamber he's lost three pay-per-views in a row whoever he feuds with next i think he has to win he, he's due for a win you know against a bigger name i'm not quite sure who that is right now I don't think he should be Lashley right now because I think Lashley is a good opponent for Roman. Um, but it, Seth needs a win. Yeah, even if it's a little layup rivalry, like a small, like someone like AJ. That, yeah, something where he can, yeah, anything really. Uh, but uh, I think he's going to win Money in the Bank. That's my prediction. And then I think all the losses will be forgotten once that happens. Um, and then uh, Dream Realm Studios says... Uh, just helping to put uh, Raj Back's kids in college. Oh, they appreciate it. <laughs> uh, we had a just a, a quick match with Becky Lynch and Dana Brooke, and mm. it was for the 24-7 championship. This has to be, Jimmy, the biggest match in 24-7 championship history. Oscar uh, comes out and distracts Becky, but Dana Brooke gets the win, and this has to be Dana Brooke's biggest win ever. Uh, Becky Lynch has lost a 24-7 championship match. I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, Jimmy, again, yeah. surprises abound on this show. Uh, this was fun and surprising. I think Becky Lynch is still amazing, and I think Dana Brooke, I mean, she beat Becky Lynch. Good for her. Yes, but at the same time, I don't think Becky Lynch belongs in the same picture <laughs> with the 24-7 championship because that's a lot of – uh, fun, a lot of gaga, a lot of haha, and I think it 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 didn't do her any favors in my eyes. Anyways, uh, I I, I want to see a different Becky Lynch. I know there's some people out there who want to see her become a uh, a babyface again. I like heel Becky Lynch from an entertainment standpoint, from watching and getting me invested. But at the same time, when she gets involved in this twenty four seven stuff, now all of a sudden that that heat that I felt for her is kind of like thrown by the wayside. I was watching this, Raj, and I want to get your thoughts. We've talked about how the, the 24-7 title could be cool if, like, a big bruiser had it and they were just fighting everybody. I was kind of thinking, what if Becky Lynch was that person, except she was Becky and I, I'll fight everybody. And what if she found a way to add value to the 24-7 title? That's what I was expecting. I did not expect Dana Brooke to actually get a win here today. <laughs> I think uh, I think the twenty four seven title is beyond being able to elevate it. Um, it's just been it's just been you know um, uh, downgraded for so long and just been such a comedy um, waste of time really for the last couple of years really. I mean it kind of ran its course um, for a while. I mean our truth is still in those segments and granted he is the best. Mm -hmm. He does a great job with those, but. Man, let's let's move on. You know, the only way I would like this is if Becky Lynch won it and then smashed up the belt and created a wacky hat or something <laughs> like with the stuff she's been wearing. But outside of that, I thought this was way beneath Becky. I feel like uh, Becky was uh, between her and Roman just two years ago. They were the hottest stars in the company, uh, and you can argue at that time before Roman turned heel that Becky was hotter than Roman. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think this is just beneath her and. You can say it's elevating Dana, but if you want to elevate Dana, have her beat someone else. You don't beat the top star in the company. You keep mm -hmm. Becky as a top star, and she feels like her her star has kind of dimmed uh, with this heel turn because, I don't know, if, if she was working as a baby face, I don't think she should have turned heel. I, I, I think she's entertaining as a heel, but I think she felt like a much bigger star when she was a baby face. 
see, I, I'm thinking next week when or when John Cena shows up, I want John Cena to walk out and be like, look, there's one title I haven't won yet. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tozapo pins him. <laughs> that would be the that would be the worst, best thing ever. Uh <laughs> But uh, speaking of Tony, Tony Stark's in the chat, working out at the gym, listening and watching you guys. I'm celebrating my 36th birthday today. So wish me a great year. Mm-hmm. Love you guys. Stay safe. Happy birthday. Getting it done in the gym on the birthday. Good for you. Championship material, Tony. Good to you, Tony Starks. Happy birthday, my man. And uh, wow, a young 36. Good for you, bro. Yeah. Happy birthday, Tony. And yeah, working out on your birthday. I don't think I've ever done that. Oh, I know I have. It. <laughs> I, I I do a lot of arm curls on my birthday, but it's a different, <laughs> yeah. different kind. A different kind. Let's yeah. Uh, so we get a, a Miz TV today, and mm-hmm. uh, they plug Miz and Mrs. before Riddle comes out with kangaroos for Green Bay. I don't, hmm. I don't know why, but okay. Uh, it's all fun and games until Miz talks about Randy and how the bloodline is going to beat up uh, Riddle. And then we get a serious promo from Riddle saying he wants to take on the head of the table. Champa takes out Riddle, and now we get a Miz versus uh, Riddle match. And it's a silly one with Miz in a suit, but Riddle gets the win with the RKO. Uh, Raj, this promo, before talking about match and stuff, this was both tense and hilarious. I loved the uh, the peacemaker versus homemaker line was the line of the night <laughs> to me. And my husband has average balls. I thought was another <laughs> very fun. Uh, it was something a fun, <laughs> fun bit. But I, I want to say for like, seriously though, the, the way Riddle's able to do these, the serious stuff, I think actually is, is pretty cool. And I think gives him some ability to possibly move up the card. Yeah. And I thought Miz and Riddle actually had some good chemistry there. Like mm-hmm. uh, they, they played off each other. Well, uh, I I actually enjoyed that segment. The balls thing was a little, uh, you know, <laughs> I think Marie should know right off the bat, like the little balls is probably not a good thing to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was an, I thought it was an entertaining segment. Clearly they're mm-hmm. going with Riddle and Roman Reigns next. I'm get, I'm assuming that's going to be money in the bank. But one thing with WWE since WrestleMania is they have seemed so scattered, you know, like, they seem to be going a certain direction. Like they, they were going to have the unified tag titles on that one pay-per-view. And then it was just dropped. And then that match was changed. And uh, they just seem like all over the place. But right now, it does seem like it's going to be Riddle and Roman Reigns, mm-hmm. which was the original plan. And uh, and then I think it's going to be Orton next. But uh, so if they stick with that, I think that'll be a fun match. Again, it's mm-hmm. someone Roman can beat, but it does elevate Riddle being in there unless they squash him. If they do... Mm-hmm. Riddle at Money in the Bank, and then Orton at what's the next one? Is it SummerSlam? Uh, yeah, so you got SummerSlam. SummerSlam, and then Clash the Castle with Drew. Mm-hmm. That's what I would assume in the yeah. UK. Yeah, but now yeah. you got Lashley kind of in there too. Huh. Well, hmm. I mean that we always say you, you have a lot of contenders. So that's a good thing, right, Jimmy? It, it, it's always a, a good thing to have that kind of a problem, so to speak, if you want to call it a problem. But uh, to to your point about Miz, uh, Miz is just uh, he's just an all round heel and just great at getting others over, getting baby faces over. And I like the little, like you said, the little uh, seriousness of the different side that we saw from Riddle because we've seen that that RK Bro 420 stuff and all that stuff uh, from him. But uh, seeing a bit of a serious side from him is a nice little change and adds a little bit of dimension to him as well. And I'm looking forward to who all these contenders against Roman Reigns. Uh, it makes sense. You know, start with Riddle, his partner, Randy Orton, who's been off for a little while, and we'll see when he comes back. And, uh, you know, eventually leading to, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I well, think because yeah. of how well they protected Lashley, um, mm-hmm. He did lose the one match to Omos, but he basically beat him twice. Yeah. Um, I feel like Lashley versus Reigns feels like a bigger match to do at SummerSlam than yeah. Reigns yeah. versus Orton. So we'll see yeah. where they go. But to me, just personally, it just feels bigger. Yeah. Like, the, the, yeah. The, the seed was definitely planted last night and tonight. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, one, one criticism with Riddle's uh RK bro for it's RK bro bro 420 says yeah. I just smoked yeah. your ass right mm-hmm. yeah you should say that after you beat the guy not mm-hmm. before the match starts mm-hmm. right <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> haven't smoked their to ass. Fair, to be fair, maybe Riddle hasn't figured that out yet. Maybe he <laughs> he's still processing. Um, we follow that up with a tag team match: uh, Street mm-hmm. Profits versus the Usos. And Jimmy Montez Ford is just yoked up. Save some protein oh. for the rest of us, fella. Uh, due to a count out, the Street Profits get the win, and that means we're going to get a Street Profits versus Usos. Uh, title match and riddle comes out and celebrates with them pretty much summarizing that uh, street profits and usos riddle and reigns is coming up yeah i think i think when you talk about planting seeds that was definitely watering it that's that's for sure and you talk about montez ford man i he almost hit his head on the briefcases hanging over the ring on that frog splash which was incredible the only issue i have uh, like I wasn't a big fan of non-title matches to begin with, but to call it a championship contenders match where you have to beat the champions <laughs> in order to get a shot at the championship to me makes absolute zero sense. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I just don't understand that. I get, yes, they did protect the Usos a little bit by making it a count out victory, but at the same time, you know, if you're going to face the champions, the title should be on the line. That's, That's right. where, and, and that's where, uh, and, and Raj, I'll, I'll get your take on this. Is I don't want to sound like, a, I don't want to get people, the, the tribalism all worked up, but that's where AEW is really good is even if it's like a team that we know isn't going to win, at least it feels like it's a number one contendership match. Like if they had the Viking Raiders versus the Street Profits, we know the Street Profits are winning, but at least it, okay, this is a contendership match and then you're going to go on instead of they have to win twice every single time. I mean, AEW will do, is pretty good about saying, Frankie Kazarian versus, you know, Kenny Omega with the winner getting a world title shot. And you're like, I know who's going to win, but at least I get a fun match out of it that I haven't seen in the, in the process. Yeah. It makes more sense storyline wise doing it that way. Cause even, you know, UFC, you're not, it's not like this guy's going to fight the champion. If he beats the champion, he's going to get a title shot against him next time. Um, You know, I think just looking at real sports sometimes and, and being like, Oh yeah, you don't, it really makes no sense to mm-hmm. to do it this way, but but they've been they've been doing it. Uh, this this is they've been doing this for a while now. It feels like every champion is now acting like a heel in the whole like you have to beat me before you get it. Like it feels like a very heel thing to do to say you got to beat me before you get a title shot. That seems like it's just the rules now. Yeah, it's and again, in my opinion, it makes zero sense if you're gonna you're basing it off you know sport. And in sports, unless you're having a best of seven series like in the NBA or the NHL or something like that, <clears throat> then I get that you have to beat the champion several times or the, the defending champions or whatever you want to call it. But in, in combat sports, you beat the champ, you become the champ. You don't have to beat the champ twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, I guess here we do. But uh, <laughs> uh, Lashley comes out and is bragging about his big win in theory – is crabby about it. So he comes out and they have a flex off that uh, doesn't go theory's what direction, but uh, uh, theory says he hasn't earned a shot at the U S title. So Lashley kicks him in the butt right out of the ring. Raj, that is going to be a, uh, is it gif or Jeff? I never, I'm, I still can't remember what to call it, but uh, I feel like Lashley kicking Austin theory out of the ring is going to be one of those gifts that goes around forever. But uh, <laughs> it looks like we're getting theory versus Lashley for money in the bank. That's what it looks like, and I'm guessing Lashley's winning that, but Cena's coming back. They announced he's going to be back on June 27th in Laredo uh, for Raw, and it just seemed to me like Cena and Austin Theory seems like such a natural matchup. They've been going at it on social media. There are those parallels you have with those with the two, uh, so many similarities. And as long as they don't squash him and make him look terrible, <laughs> you know, I think... Uh, uh, it could still work, but I'd like to see Austin Theory with someone that he could beat if if he's going to be facing Cena at SummerSlam. And I'm assuming that's where mm-hmm. Cena would be is SummerSlam. Hmm. Shouldn't they take the title off of Theory before uh, before the match with Cena then, though? Well, so this is how I do it. If Cena's coming back, I, I don't think Cena should lose again right off the bat. I don't know how many matches he can do if it's one and done. But if, if there's multiple, I'd have Cena win the first one and then Austin Theory win the return match. And then that way, um, you know, you, you could build a story with it. Cena has, you know, Cena hasn't won a match in years. So at least he, he gets a victory. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> 
I mean, wow. he's, he's, at the, he's at the stage where it doesn't matter, but still. Yeah, that's just one of those weird stats when you think about it. That, oh, wow, he hasn't won a match in years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because you talk about uh, secondary championships. You talk about the IC title. You talk about the United States championships, and you want them elevated. And with someone like Theory, Austin Theory, I'm going to say Austin Theory because uh, – yeah. uh, uh, there's an opportunity here to elevate that championship. And like you said, what what if John Cena were to beat him for that championship? And then in the rematch, Austin Theory beats John Cena, the legendary Hall of Famer, whatever you want to call it, Mount Rushmore of, of uh, stars in the WWE to win back his United States championship. Here's an opportunity to elevate that title, uh, not only putting it in the hands of John Cena, but getting it back from him as well. Hmm. That will, we will see how it all plays out. Uh, something that feels like we're has been playing out for a very long time is Veer comes out as a match with Dominique and mm -hmm. Dominic. And he, uh, I said Dominique, that's a funny way to say it, but uh, Dominic. Uh, and uh, this rivalry, Jimmy, feels like it is been going on for so long. Mm -hmm. I feel like after last week with all the stuff that happened and then they came back out. This week, it was like, oh, wow, this is still a thing. But in any case, Veer was about to win, but Ray interferes and stops it. Veer gets the win, technically. Um, this looks like we're getting Ray versus Veer at Money in the Bank, and it makes all the sense in the world. It just feels like this has been going on for a long time. Yeah, it does feel a little long. And, you know, as someone who likes stories to take their time to be told, this one here, I think, should be one that should have been done uh, very quickly to get Veer Mahan over. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot more than he has gotten over. I think uh, maybe a little bit too much offense from Dominic tonight. And it's not disrespect to Dominic. It's just that the, it, it looked like he should have, you know, got his ass handed to him. And he didn't. It was starting to happen. And then Ray came in, of course, saving his son and that sort of thing. And just me fantasy booking down the line with Ray coming in and interfering like that. Does Dominic say, hey, dad, you don't have to save my butt all the time. If I'm going to take, uh, you know, I could take an ass whooping like a man or something like that. Yeah. Maybe, and maybe who knows, yeah. maybe down the road, maybe it's a dream of theirs to have father versus son, maybe at a WrestleMania down the road. Or uh, Veer beats Ray, but then Dominic beats Veer. And it's one of those like, oh, see dad, I was able to beat the guy you couldn't. Hmm. Or Dominic goes to NXT. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Dominic, um, he's in a, He's in a weird spot because he's been, you know, pushed down the ladder quite a bit. And when he's not with Ray, uh, he, he's basically treated like enhancement talent. Um, I don't know. This thing has just been going on forever. I could, I, I just, you know, Vera's going to beat Ray. You know, he's going to beat Dominic. Let's just get it over with and, and move on to what's next. <laughs> Well, speaking of what's next, I think this is the part of the night that really took everyone by surprise. Uh, Edge and the Judgment Day come out, and Edge says he's proud of his kids, and they're bringing in Finn, and he's joining. And uh, I was like, this is so anticlimactic, the way he's coming out. This this is so <laughs> like lame. But then they get rid of their final limitation, Edge, and they beat him up. And Raj, I cannot wait for the moment when Edge comes back and looks at Judgment and Set Day and says, "You people turned on me." <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my. That's that's all I yeah, How am I supposed to? Like, I kind of was cheering for Judgment Day. Yeah, this guy's been a jerk to us fans for months. <laughs> yeah, it did seem kind of soon. This group has been together what, like two months? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Um, but, uh, you know, Edge does work a more limited schedule. My guess is, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, they're probably running out of dates or, or whatever on him. And um, from a storyline perspective, this this makes sense to give him some time off. Mm -hmm. comes back as a baby face. I feel like he's better as a baby face. Uh, him, Becky Lynch, both are, are just two that just, you know, Edge three months ago was one of the hottest stars on the Raw mm -hmm. brand. He was main eventing WrestleMania last year. Um, I'd like to see that edge back and and grow your hair back, you know. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, just, just grow it back real quick. <laughs> yeah, just... yeah, easy for you to say there, Rush. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the but, keeps but... the keeps works, but uh, yeah, uh, I I think uh, I th I thought this was really well done. Uh, 
it, it kind of mm-hmm. seems like Damian Priest is going to be the leader. Um, I think Finn Balor probably has the best mic skills in the group or mm-hmm. between him, you know, uh, him and Rhea. Mm-hmm. But um, it, 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 Damian Priest was the one that attacked Edge first. So it, it did seem mm-hmm. like he was going to be the leader. So I'm curious to see where it goes. I feel like they could use another big star, someone like a Bray Wyatt, uh, you know, someone that could really kind of, you know, you know, give them the rub, so to speak. I, uh, you know, and Jimmy, I want to get your thoughts on this is I, mm-hmm. I thought they looked like a, a team more with Finn than with edge. Uh, I like edge, mm-hmm. uh, but also I kind of echo Raj's points where I liked edge better when he was on his own as a, as a guy who's seen if he still has got it, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed to this, it, it never felt like it fit for me. And I feel like Finn actually fits in better with this group. No, I think so too, from the standpoint that they are more on the same level as opposed because Edge is a is a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. So Edge is like Edge is like dad. Yes. And 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 and, and um Priest and, and Rhea felt like his kids, so to speak. Whereas Finn feels more like uh an equal partner. And mm-hmm. whether we get to see the demon baller back or not, it would fit in this group if they stay in that kind of like dark mode. But uh, even if they don't, I think, like you said, like I said, I think they're more on a, a level playing field. And it also opens up the opportunity of possibly bringing Becky Lynch, uh, not Becky Lynch, but uh, Beth Phoenix back and maybe getting some uh, some family business um, taken care of there as well. It, it's, it's too bad that someone like uh, a Jay or Christian is over in uh, AEW because that would have been a great partner for Edge to bring back to take them on in another uh, mixed six person tag match. Where it would have been Edge and Christian and uh, Beth Phoenix versus uh, the I new would, version of Judgment Day. I would be all in on Beth Phoenix versus Rhea Ripley, personally. Oh, yeah. I think that'd be really fun to see. Um, Tornado Anthony Wise says in the chat, Edge faced his Judgment Day by the Demon Finn. I have a feeling mm-hmm. we'll see Demon Finn sooner rather than later uh, mm-hmm. with all this. Uh, I think so. Yeah, Demon Finn is cool. I like Demon Finn. Mm-hmm. Has a great uh, entrance, the whole bit. You, you talk about showmanship. Uh, it, it really comes across there. Uh, we also got a – and real quick, Stephen in the chat. I will just get to this one here. Uh, given the injury, would you book Cody to win Royal Rumble upon return going on to Mania for title match win? Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. I think at this moment, if he's available, I think we'd all agree Cody's the guy to win the Rumble. Mm-hmm. Um I agree. I think, uh, but, the, but you got to keep it under wraps as best as possible. Kind of like they did with John Cena that year at, at, at Madison Square Garden, where they uh, they brought him in late. He wasn't even at the building. He got out of the car. He was covered. <laughs> so then walking through the backstage area right before the match, uh, they, just some guy with uh, uh, the pumps. That's all you can see under <laughs> walking towards the, the ring. And uh, yeah, kayfabe, brother. I know hindsight's twenty twenty, but when you see a guy covered and he's built like a house walking around, you got to know he's somebody, right? Yeah. yeah. Plus with the, with the, the lid from the hat. Kind of thing, you know. I mean, I don't know why you cover him. You couldn't see him anyways. I got it. Um, so, uh, yes, that uh, uh, we had, to me, I feel like that's when the night kind of ended. But we had uh, uh, Omos versus Cedric Alexander and uh, Ced's dead. He got crushed mm. really quick. Dirty Dogs came out randomly for an interview and there was a scuffle between Omos and MVP and the Dirty Dogs. Uh, Raj, I love the Dirty Dogs as, as the, the guys. I love the wrestlers. This feels very plug and play though. Like we need something. Mm. You guys are here. Walk out there. And and the whole segment was just so awkward. If you if you watch it, it felt like they told the dirty dogs, "Hey, you have a, you have twenty seconds to go out and do the, <laughs> this much material uh, before you're chased off." And uh, it just felt it just it just came across uh, amateurish. I, I thought it was just a, a bad segment overall. The worst thing yeah. on the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. it um, like I said, I like the players involved. It's just, I I don't really get. Jimmy, are, who is supposed? Who are we supposed to be cheering for? It, 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 with those four, are we supposed to start cheering for MVP and Omos now? Or because I feel like you can't cheer for the Dirty Dogs; they're terrible. No, it, uh, the, everybody's a heel, and that's where the, the it's not only a problem in WWE; it's a problem across the board in, in many promotions right now, where 
it, there's that gray area of who's the heel, who's the baby face when two teams or, or, or two opponents are facing each other. And the crowd is kind of torn on who to cheer for and who they want to see win and who they want to see lose, because that's what this is industry is based on. You cheer that you want to see the baby face beat the heel, someone you get into someone get behind. And I don't think the crowd got behind anybody in that segment. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we didn't have enough time to really process what we were seeing. <laughs> exactly. Um, tornado, uh, the tornado, Anthony Y says, Ross tornado merch dropped. Appreciate the tornado. I have to pick some up. <laughs> we, we, when are we getting that wrestling ink merch? Mm. <laughs> I mean, there is some on, on pro wrestling tees. <laughs> I'm going to go, I'm going to go get some, some wrestling ink shirt. Absolutely. Uh, merch. Mm -hmm. uh, Otis had a match with Ezekiel mm -hmm. and uh, this Raj, this felt like a perfect middle of the third hour kind of pointless matchup. That's two fun characters. Uh, but afterwards, Ezekiel wants another match. Uh, Kevin Owens says, I'll give it to you if you admit you're Elias. And then Ezekiel lies and says he's Elias. Uh, Raj, <laughs> I knew he was lying the whole time, though. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like, again, with Owens and Ezekiel, it just feels like this has been going on forever. And uh, I'm guessing Ezekiel wins next week. I, I was still entertained with Ezekiel and Owens. They're they're always good together. But yeah, th this was really I, I don't I barely watch hockey, and I was kind of switching back to the the abs game during. The <laughs> yeah, this yeah. one this one feels like uh, and Jimmy, uh, I want to get your thoughts. It feels like it needs a new story beat. We've had too many. You're Elias. No, I'm not. Yeah, and but the only reason that I'm mildly entertained in this is all Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is the one, the only reason that I'm any, uh, like I said, there's any entertainment for me uh, in this angle. I think it's um, outlived its, uh, uh, outrun its course. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, uh, it's best before date has, has passed. And yeah. I think it's time to move on. And either, either he is Ezekiel going forward or he becomes, or we find out he's Elias and sooner rather than later. Yeah. It just, I, I mean, I think even if they kept going, it'd be fine, but it needs that next, like, like they need to find out he is Elias, but now we need to figure out why he lied about it or mm -hmm. something like what's the next piece of the story, but we're still in the exact same part of the story. Mm -hmm. um, we did get a new story with the main event, Alexa bliss versus Dewdrop versus Rhea Ripley versus Liv Morgan with a winner, getting a shot at the title without even having to beat mm -hmm. Bianca Belair first. Uh, <laughs> this one was a, uh, this one, I, I actually found myself the whole time thinking I'd be totally into a Ripley versus Dewdrop matchup. I'd be totally into a Ripley versus Alexa bliss matchup. I'd be totally in. I liked every single combination with Rhea Ripley. And I don't know if that's just because I like Rhea Ripley or if the judgment day thing is working or what it is. But uh, Jimmy, I feel like Rhea Ripley is a star in this situation. And I think she very much should be in a main event world title picture. Absolutely. And, and with the goings on at what happened earlier tonight, it just makes it uh, that much more interesting and more inviting now to, to see where she goes from here. She is a star in the making. She is good on the mic. She is good in the ring. She has a presence. She, she looks different from the other, the other ladies on the roster. And, you know, her presentation is so far so good. And like you said, she is a star and it shows, you can see it there. It's just like, again, how do we build her up to be that next level heel champion? Because obviously, you know, Judgment Day being a part of Judgment Day does make her a heel. But uh, all the all the tools are there. It's just a matter of putting the pieces together at the right time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, you know, I this was one of those matches where outside of Dewdrop, I could see you making a, a case for anyone. Um, mm -hmm. for live, and the reason why I'm saying outside of Dewdrop is just because Bianca's beaten Dewdrop so many times. I think Dewdrop's mm -hmm. really good, and I think her time will come again. But I think right now, uh, with Liv, I, and she has been beaten Liv a lot as well, but Liv has been on a tear lately. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then with Rhea, I just think really you could have made a, a case for, for anyone in this match, but uh, the, the only reason I wouldn't have done Rhea yet is because that feels like the biggest women's raw women's title match right now. And I, I feel like you save that for a bigger show like SummerSlam. Um, normally I would have said 
Bianca versus Becky. But that's also been done a couple times mm-hmm. on pay-per-view. So it'd be nice to do something fresh. And to me, that big match is Rhea. So that's the only reason why I would have done something else. Uh, Alexa would be a new, you know, we haven't seen her and Bianca. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that being said, I, I think it's going to be a great match. Bianca and Rhea are close friends in real life, you know, coming up together in NXT. They're going to they're gonna tear the house down. So I think it'll be a great match. I, it, and uh, and as we see in WWE, just because they wrestle at this paper doesn't mean they're not going to wrestle at the, the next three. So, right. Oh, yeah. Exactly what I was thinking. You know, you go down the line, you 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 up the ante, you up the stakes, you you add stipulations. And uh, who knows, at SummerSlam, maybe they add a, a, a really cool stipulation to a match. It, it just like, again, let's see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're not. Yeah. The- Clash the Castle is going to be a Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. Oh, yes. Uh, Forgot about that one. Yes. So uh, that does it for the show. I thought, again, I thought this was a fun, maybe it's because it felt unpredictable and stuff was happening. And it was, I didn't expect that stuff that I didn't expect was going to happen happened. And uh, the stuff that I wasn't super into, like the, the dirty dogs randomly coming out was so fast. It didn't really drain me but uh, i like this episode i thought it was a good show um any final thoughts uh jimmy and raj and everyone in the chat what did you think of uh of raw this this evening i thought it was a, it was a nice blend you need some some you know going going full out you know full, pedal to the metal throughout the entire three hours just doesn't work you need that little lull and you need some little breaks in the action and we got a few of those tonight and i think they worked to to a certain extent even though there were things that uh uh, I may not have uh, enjoyed, but at the same time, you can t- you could tell from the crowd too what they were into and what they were not. They were they were into a lot of stuff. There was very emotional moments, like at the beginning with Cody and stuff like that. And we got some good in ring work. And overall, I thought the show w- was entertaining, mm-hmm. and I and and I enjoyed it. it. Actually, the three hours did go by faster than than most Monday nights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Raj, any 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 closing thoughts? Yeah, I thought it was a, a good raw. It's been a crazy couple of weeks in the wrestling world and I thought uh I thought yeah, I thought it was a good raw. Um mm-hmm. kind of laying the foundation for Riddle and and Roman Reigns and and then also uh, addressing the Cody injury and and uh and and going towards Bianca and Rhea. So, yeah, I thought it was a solid show. Mm-hmm. Definitely one of the better ones. Very cool. Well, yeah, it sets the stage for what could be a fun summer uh, season of pro wrestling. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for joining us in the chat again. Tornado, Mike Martin, Bernie, Night One, Edward Cousins, Sergio, uh, Dylan, Dream Realm Studios, uh, Bernie Coog, everyone else in there. Uh, Baby Eyes, thank you guys so much for joining us uh, here in the live chat. Again, go do us a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple and uh, leave a nice little comment saying you enjoyed the show, but share it with your friends and all that good stuff. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for the NXT After Show on Wrestling Inc. And Wednesday for the Dynamite After Show and Friday for the SmackDown and Rampage After Show and uh, everything else. Just follow at Wrestling Inc. News is mm-hmm. everywhere. Uh, follow us all on Twitter, all that good stuff. And uh Yeah, that does it for us. We'll see you guys tomorrow for the NXT After Show. Thank you and uh, good night. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.